Welcome to the Your First Rental Podcast. Let's talk real estate. This is episode five of the Your First Rental Podcast, where an average Joe and a pro teach you how to get into the wonderful world of real estate. Live your dreams and get your first rental. All right. Welcome to the Your First Rental Podcast. Hello, hello. I'm your host, JP, along with Nate Parks. Nate, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Nate Parks with Keller Williams. If you need any help or advice, reach out to me, Nate Parks at KW.com. He is available for as a real estate agent. Yes. Property manager. Yes. And a real estate coach. Yes. So, all right. We have a big episode today. Well, it's the first one of 2022. We had a great 2021. Absolutely. Crazy 2021. <laughs> and I think 2022 is going to be even crazier. So let's start today by each of us saying what our goals are for 2022. So I'll go first. Yeah. I would like to get to 15 more units. So that would get to 30 by the end of the year. And I think we're well on our way. Yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. And then... um I would like to do a burr, you know, it just seems so fun. Yeah. But I, I think there's a lot of things that would be like 10 episodes right there. Sure. As we absolutely. do our burr. So yeah. we're, I'm constantly on the lookout for the burr. I think I, we have some in mind. And then uh, at the end of the year, I'd like to take a look and see whether it makes sense to leave my day job and uh, pursue other things full time. Yeah. What are your goals, Nate? Well, I mean, I, I love the idea of, of Burr and, and some of you guys that don't know, you know, exactly what that is, is that it's you, you buy, you rent it out, um, you refinance, and then you repeat. And we're, we're getting some success there, but that's something I think it's definitely worthwhile, definitely because how the tax tax laws work and how you can write off expenses, those types of things, I think that's an absolute you know, great opportunity. I deal heavily on the rental side, but also I, I, I do a fair amount of buying and selling for clients on the real estate side. So the residential real estate side, I have some pretty lofty goals as far as how many units I plan on on uh, selling um, and buying. So I, I'd love to hit 20 million in sales uh, this year and was very, very close to that last year and want to hit that this year. Uh, so that that would be a great goal for me. All right. And then you're also going to buy some of your own. Absolutely. And then you manage yourself. We're scaling to the point where you now have people under you helping with the management. Absolutely. It's getting so big. And that's, you know, that's one of the things is having a good property manager is that you have to keep your eyes on that. You also have to, the maintenance side of property management is, is huge. You want happy tenants, but you also, if and people don't think of this side of it as well as that if you're letting your units diminish, you know, not fixing the water heater when it needs to be, the the faucet, those types of things, your tenants are actually going to start acting the same way. So we try to keep up our, our properties as best we can. And then the tenants see that and they're going to take a little bit more pride of ownership. And it's just going to help overall because again, when we're the, you know, the, the end game, the out game is that we want to make sure that these properties are in good shape. Uh, so when we do turn around and sell those, you know, we're not throwing a bunch of money into it because we uh, didn't maintain it over the years. Yeah, that's an interesting bit of psychology I'd never thought about. If you keep the property good, 
the tenant wants to as well. Kind of like when Rudy Giuliani cleaned up the subways. I yeah, think. yeah, absolutely. So, okay, those are our goals. And in 365 days, we'll look back and see if we achieved those <laughs> goals and how we did. And then uh, what, are we, what are we working on right now, Nate? We got four, four deals cooking? Yeah, four deals in, in the hopper right now. They're all looking good. I've, I've gone through and uh, we've done the inspections on those. You know, some of those have tenants in them already. So we take that into account with, you know, what we're getting paid on a monthly basis. Uh, that really, you know, anytime, I think for the beginner, I mean, there's others that I've, I've been coaching as well. If you can find someone that's already in the unit, uh, so you don't have that headache or that worry of, of finding a tenant, that always is going to help, you know, kind of lessen that blow. So I've been another good thing also is that I, a lot of times in those inspections, I'm always happy that the tenant's there because they give you kind of a real good insight to what's going on with the property. So if it's something where if we need to, in inspections, ask for repairs, you know, we've saved some money where we don't have to do a full out inspection on it. And, you know, the tenant that's been there for a year, two years can tell you all that, you know, they're going to want to get all the, the, the baggage out there of, of, of what's wrong with the property. Wait, you did that this week, didn't you? Absolutely. You, you Absolutely. went into one of the properties that we're looking at and you just chatted up the tenant. Yeah. Well, yeah. tell us about that. Yeah. No, that was, it was a great experience. So one of the units is we always do a sewer inspection on all of our properties. That's the one big thing that with my experience in the business, I can kind of look over a property and, and, and let JP know, you know, what's wrong with it, you know, with just looking at it with my experience. But, you know, obviously I'm not going to get inside a sewer drain, so I don't know what's going on there. So we always get that done. One of the things that I always try to do is that if there's a tenant in there, I visit with them. So, you know, I, I let the tenant know, it's like, hey, you know, we're looking at purchasing this property. The scenario is we would love to keep you in here, you know, verify rent with them, what they're paying. But I just walked through and I said, hey, you know, we're looking at trying to get some, you know, some things fixed in, in the property. You know, what have you called into the property manager about? You know, what's fixed? What would you like done? And, you know, that's just an open book, you know. The tenant smiled and started walking me through the whole property. He's like, this hasn't worked. That hasn't worked. This is what I called in for. So now we're able to turn around and yeah, talk to, to the seller. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to Mr. and Mrs. Seller and say, hey, these are the things that we need to fix. And oh, by the way, if there's something wrong with the sewer or whatever, before we move forward, you know, we want these these items fixed. Reason number 28 to have a property manager slash expert help you because- I would never have known to do that. <laughs> I would have probably thought it's illegal or something. Yeah, no, it's just, I mean, it's just conversation that you're having with them and just seeing, you know, what information they're a able to yeah. provide. And I bet they're happy to kind of talk and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in one of the things that you have to, you know, worry about in these transitions is that when someone's taken over a property, that renter usually gets pretty scared. You know, it's like, hey, what's going on here? Yeah. Are you going to kick me out? Yeah. Are you going to kick me out? And, you know, sometimes it's either you're going to have a vacant property where you might not want to. Sometimes you might want to, but also you have to worry about them. You know, you look at the property, you know, that day and think, you know, it's in good shape. And if they think they're going to be leaving, uh, they might trash the place by the time you, you take ownership. Yeah. And that's another great piece of advice. I, I think I would tell someone getting their first rental is find one with a tenant and find one with a tenant that, that is staying. Yeah. And you can bump up the rent a little bit. It seems like all the ones we've done that to, they kind of expect it. Yeah, absolutely. They kind of yeah. paid low rent for years and they kind of said, oh, yeah, it's a little 7% bump. Yep, 
have been expecting that. And so yeah, yeah, we, I think that would be a great way to go. Yeah, we found a lot of properties where it, how we're finding these properties and we're getting you know good prices on these is that there's been some people that have been in the rent game for a while and they might just be transitioning. It's nothing wrong with the property, but they, you know, they bought it seven years ago and they want to make a profit off of the sale. And with how the real estate market is right now, it's a great time to sell any property. So a lot of times it's nothing wrong with the property. And that's always a, a question for, you know, why are we getting such a great price of it? Well, in the mind of the seller, they're getting a great price because they bought it seven years ago and are making 60 grand off of the deal. Yeah. Win-win for both sides. Yeah. Okay. So we, we still have our episode to get to, but we always do real estate horror stories because here at Your First Rental, we are we want to give you the unvarnished truth. A lot of times in these real estate things, you hear about, oh, you know, single mom quit her job and got 50 properties in a year and is now a multimillionaire flying yeah. around in a private jet. It is not like that. <laughs> it's great. We love it. I, I think it will change your life if you get a rental property. But we want to tell all the bad things that happen. So the bad thing, the horror story, the horror, get, <laughs> prepare yourself, is we do have a vacancy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and we might have to make a payment without a rent payment. So this property was purchased in November. So we mm -hmm. paid November's and December's, you know, payment. So the bank in January is going to want their payment. So we're going to have to make a payment without having a rent check. So, you know, you just have to prepare yourself for this. And don't get into the rental business if you can't withstand, you know, three or four months. If you don't have three or four or six months of reserve, in case something like this happens, you have to plan for vacancy. Yeah, that's a gr that's great advice. Great advice. And when you're collecting rents, some of that has to be stashed away for vacancy. So we're, um, you know, it's kind of a difficult, it's not a difficult time. It's not as good a time to be renting right now. Yeah. So the property's in the Lawrence area and it seems like a, a great opportunity, but I think with transition of school, finding out, you know, it might be a market that is a little bit newer to us. So we're trying to figure out, you know, the, the logistics there. You know, it's something that's going to rent. But one of the good things that we're always thinking about when we're purchasing these rental properties also is that, you know, is it a good deal if we, we sell? So I'm always going to JP and saying, hey, you know, worst case scenario, you know, if we buy this and we don't think it's a good deal, if we had to turn around in a year, are we going to lose any money on it? And so you're making the monthly payments on it. But at the end of the day, you know, if we're selling it at the right time, it's, it's going to be a good deal. Yeah. So I think, you know, worst case scenario, we have to rent it to some college students. But, you know, that'll be August. We can lower the price. We can do a bunch of things. But even in this horror scenario, I still get to tell the government, that this asset is depreciating. So I get a tax break. Mm -hmm. It is appreciating. You know, in 20 years, it will be worth more than what we bought it for. I also get to write off expenses for this property. I also, when I make my payment, I make it, part of it goes to principal. So it's basically a savings account. I'm paying down a loan on an asset. You know, it's forced, it's basically like a forced savings account. Some of it goes to principal 
and I get to deduct the interest portion, the interest w- rate, which is 3.6%. So a uh, good lesson there. Make sure you have enough reserve. Don't be doing this if you can't make a um, mortgage payment. And the mortgage payment is very low because our interest rate is so good. Yeah. Worst case scenario, it, it, I'm getting tax write-offs. It's appreciating. I'm making a payment that's going to the principal. So I'm, I'm just buying an asset and holding it. So, yeah. Yeah, so, there's a lot of lot of different episodes that we can go into. We might be getting into those later on about, you know, getting a good lender, getting a good interest rate, because that makes sense. Because if you did this with hard money, you know, that would be a whole different scenario. Yeah. And uh, it's locked in for 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So, okay, let's get to the meat of the episode. And the title of this episode is Three People You Need and Three People to Avoid in This wonderful game of getting your first rental. And so the first person to know is, of course, a real estate agent. So I think it's important you find someone that you mesh with Mm -hmm. and that is working toward your goals. So Nate and I are are like that. We're pretty much near same age. We've got the same interests. We're kind of saying we're both married with two kids. He's very ambitious. I'm ambitious. Mm -hmm. If he was like a 68-year-old, you know, lady that's looking to retire, <laughs> this probably wouldn't have worked, right? Yeah, yeah. No, most definitely is that I think we both have the same aspirations of, you know, trying to take advantage of this real estate market as much as we can to, you know, you know, to further our, ourselves as far as in, in our professions or the professions that we're, we're, we're starting. But more than that, you know, we're wanting to leave a legacy on to our family and, uh, and, and kids. So if, if you don't have someone that has the light goals of, you know, wanting to take over the world like we do, uh, it, it's going to be something that's going to be tough for you. Yeah. So, oh, we're also very similar. We're both early birds and we're both on time. <laughs> on time people, you know? Yes. So I can I can text Nate at seven in the morning and I yeah. know he's awake and he's probably working too. Yeah. <laughs> and at ten o'clock at night, he's probably working too. Yep. So and and he's if we if I say, Hey, let's check out this property, you know, he's on it. He's he because he wants to do the deal too. Mm-hmm. If you had some person that's looking to retire, I mean they might say, Well, uh, let me see if I can get to it Friday or you know, or you know, that doesn't look like a good pro you know, so you gotta have the same same goal. So I think that's where we mesh very well. Yeah. And the, the, the big thing is, it, especially being a real estate agent, there's not a lot of agents out there that one, understand the investment side of the business and two, are have interest in it. it it's a different beast. So if you don't, if you have a real estate agent, they might be good, but it's, they're, they're good in different, different areas. You mean, so there are some that are just, they want to sell unit, you know, yeah. houses. And, yep. They want to yeah. sell units. They're, again, the ambition there is that, you know, I, I sold, 60 properties last year. The average real estate agent sells about four. So there's some people out there, like he was saying, is that, you know, it's the, it's the, the male or female that's at towards the end of their career, you know, that if they, you know, get a check here and there, they're happy. Or you have on the other side, you know, the, the bright eyed bushy tail uh, person that was just right out of college, where if they get three deals in a year, they are just, you know, tickled pink. But with both of those, they're not going to know the market as, as much as I do or some of the more seasoned agents out there. So, you know, I'm able to find some great deals out there. Okay. So person number two is a lender. 
And here is what I've come to find out about lenders and bankers and everything. I think banking is all about relationships. Absolutely. And you can go to one bank and they can want to do deals and give you loans. You can go to another bank and it's like you're, even though you're trying to give them money, it's like you're a hassle for them. Yeah. So I've worked with one. I did my 10 deals with this bank. They were exquisitely painful to deal with, but we just, I just did it because the rates were so good. But I think, I think we're moving on from this bank and we found another lender who is great to work with. Yeah. Makes it, makes it easy. And a lot of it is going to be based off of their experiences also, just like the real estate agent side. So you definitely want to team up with someone uh, that gives you great customer service and that customer service, you know, can be determined differently where, you know, with, with JP, with the other, you know, lender we kind of talked about is that, you know, I was waiting for him to, you know, have to give blood or, you know, write off his, 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 yeah, his first Yeah, they wanted try. to know everything about my life. And uh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, with the, the new lender that we have now, you, you know, it's, it's almost where you're like, okay, <laughs> are, you know, are we doing these deals? Because they're making it so easy that, you yeah. know. I, I got calls from, you know, the appraiser before I even knew that they were, you know, having yeah. a contract. We should have him on. Absolutely. So the, our, my first lender said, you know, we've done 10 deals with you and that's, there's a limit. We're not going to do any more. I said, uh, okay. And then this, the, the new guy that we're working with, he said, we'll do as many as you, as you can. I mean, as long as you meet all the requirements. Yeah. So it's just different motivations and... But it's all it's all relationships. So if you're out there, you know, and, and you meet people and you're meeting people, just kind of ask them, hey, who do you use for your mortgage? And, you know, I think by and large, golfers are, are, are bankers are golfers. So mm-hmm. that's nice. But, mm-hmm. you know, just they're they're all out there you, and you just get to know one and then go have coffee with them. And and um, yeah, I think it's all relationships. Yeah. The other side of that is that there's there's residential loans and there's commercial loans. And so there, there are some limits and guidelines to how many homes that you can get on the residential side. But if you tap into the commercial lending side of things, the, the it's limitless. So that's that's definitely a scenario where maybe you start out when you're starting out small that, you know, you're working on the residential side. But as that portfolio grows, you definitely need to get in contact with some type of commercial lender. Yeah, and the bank that I, you know, have my personal bank account with, I don't even deal with them because I don't think they're really interested in doing mortgages, although yeah. you're just giving them money. I, being in the banking world must be very nice. <laughs> they don't ever seem to stress about anything. It's a dying world out yeah, there, and that's a whole other level of, you know, with the <laughs> cryptocurrencies and those types of things, you know, banking yeah. might might be I'll obsolete. Be and the third person to know is a property manager. You do not want to get your first rental and then have it go sideways because you mismanaged the property. And so this would be reason number 82 to have, especially if it's your first one, you want someone there that knows what they're doing. Yeah, you, you definitely want to have someone that's, that has some experience there that knows the ins and outs again. And it's always good to, to learn from someone. So if you have to give up a little bit of your, your, your profit that's coming in just to learn, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. It's like a little, uh, it's like if you paid for a class, but okay. So you, let's say you got your first property. Well, what do you have to do? You have to get a lease. Well, what are you going to do? You're going to call an attorney and pay them $2,000 to just 
get a lease, <laughs> or if you had a property manager, they would just do that for you. Yeah. You know, that's just one thing that you could um, screw up. And you have to make sure that the lease is right and has all the, you know, the legal things yep. that you need. Uh, what about your first call in the middle of the night or, you know, during the day? If you, if they call you and they don't get good service, then I think it sets the whole relationship on bad footing. And then, you know, when it comes time to collect a rent check, well, you know, these guys don't take care of me. I'm not going to pay them on time. And mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. have it's it all be professional and be, this is your first one. Just do it the right way. Pay the, you know, X percent and do it the right way. No, unless you're an X real estate agent, handyman, you know, attorney. yeah, attorney, psychologist, all those types of things. Yeah. Uh, you might as well just hire a property manager. Uh, you know, they got the experience there and they'll be able to help you through that process. Yeah. Having an attorney drop a lease for you is going to be, you know, $2,000. Okay. Now we'll move on to the three people to avoid as you get your first rental. And I'm going to start with the number one is the naysayer. <laughs> And for me, this I always think about the grouchy old doctor in the doctor's lounge. It's like 73 and still working, you know. But he'll tell you all. He knows everything. Mm-hmm. He'll tell you all about, you know, you know. And these people will say, and of course they'll say, oh, I would never do real estate because you might get a call for a toilet at 3 in the morning, you know. And they don't – I have a rule. I never listen to anybody's financial advice that doesn't own rental properties. Yeah. If someone's not paying you rent, I don't I don't even bother with them. Like don't even listen to these people because like we've said before, you know, 90% of all the rich people you know made their money in real estate. Yep. Yep, so absolutely. If you if you're if you are not getting into this asset class because of some naysayer, then they're a fool and you're probably one too. Yeah, you just need to surround yourself with like-minded people that actually are wanting to aspire to do the same things that you're doing. And again, you know, finding those people that have already done it, you know, you don't want to reinvent the wheel. So, uh, you know, getting around people is like, hey, I got 20 units. Well, how did you get those 20 units? I mean, they'll tell you the, you know, what, like what we're doing on this podcast, they'll tell you the good and bad. And you can make those decisions from that. Yeah, I, I have yet to meet someone that's selling 20 rental houses that's, disappointed or says that they wish they hadn't done it. Mm -hmm. All I see are smiling faces about what they bought it for back in the day and what they're selling it for now. I have yet to meet someone that is disappointed with it. So there are all kinds of naysayers out there, the doubters, the people that aren't in it. Uh, They're not in it for a reason because they didn't have the, the intestinal fortitude to do it, the brains, you know, and didn't have the, the group around them. You know, some of the people that if, you know, I've, I've had some people in real estate where I'm, you know, I'm selling them their first property and they're loving it. And I'm talking to them about in, investment properties as well. It's like, oh, well, you know, my grandpa, he had a, a rental property once and it just went bad. Well, they didn't tell you the rest of the story where it was, you know, it's, they were owning it themselves, uh, you know, didn't have a property manager and it was the cousin that, never wanted to pay. And, you know, it just became a headache. I've actually been in that type of experience with, you know, previous properties and you get the big heart and you got a family member that's kind of struggling and, 
you find out why they're struggling. So that's that might might be the next person that you don't want to <laughs> team up with is that when you're teaming up with family that doesn't have the the right mind, it's kind of hard to fire family. Yeah. Most of the time the story I, stories I hear are like Dr. like Dr. Kareem. Yeah. You know, uh, why I wish I would have done this sooner. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay, the second person to avoid, I think when you're doing your first rental is a partner. Yes. I don't think you want to do this with someone else. There's just all kinds of bad things that can happen. Uh, you got to, you know, you, you're going to be making decisions. You don't need to complicate it with having another person trying to make decisions with you. And then, of course, it's like school. You know, you're going to be doing all the work and they're getting the credit, you know. And so just I would not go into your first rental property with a partner. Now, now, if you scale and are buying apartment buildings and are getting investors together, yeah, that's that's when you get partners. But to do a single family, your first one, I would not do a partner. Yep. Nope. I would agree. Is that what you'd recommend too? I, I would recommend that as well. I mean, the the only you know time where I possibly do that is that it, again, it's the it's the same scenario is that you found somebody that's already got twenty units and you're trying to learn from them, you know, from scratch. Maybe that, but even then. It really kind of goes back to what JP opened this with is that you got to be around like-minded people. If if we weren't trying to do this the same way, think the same way, it would be very difficult. You know, it'd be one side or the other thinking like they're doing all the heavy lifting and uh, it, it wouldn't be a good experience. And the third person to avoid is the amateur slash family member uh, <laughs> property manager. You yeah. You want a professional and there are there are legal requirements in every state. Uh, you, of course, we are not a we're not dispensing legal advice. We you should talk with your attorney if you do this and see who can manage your property. But mm -hmm. if it's like, oh, you know, my dad is kind of handy and he's got some free time, he's gonna you know be my manager. Don't do that. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it, there's it has to be some transparency there too. Um, is that you hear some of the horror stories just with you know, family managing, you know, careers of, of different people, it, it can be the same thing is that sometimes when you have people that are around you where they see that you're doing well, uh, they always are kind of think it's like, hey, you know, if if I don't report this or if I don't give them that or if I ask for a little bit more, there's not going to be anything that's going to be at harm there. But yeah, you definitely have to get some, you know, and, and again, not to push away family. I love family, but, you know, family and, and close friends that don't have the experience, you know, I, I would kind of get away from that. Yeah. Like I said, it's, it's your first one. Do it right. Have it go well so that you can do your second, third and fourth. And, you know, there are legal things involved. You know, a tenant tenant landlord relationship is a legal relationship. You you want professionals in there. Don't don't have your uh, family member or someone that's, you know, just a handyman that kind of does it and takes calls. You, you really want a professional to do it right. So, all right, that's the end of another podcast here. Thanks for listening. Uh, give us a good review. Yes, please. Smash that like button. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we will see you next time. Until then, get out there, find some deals, go out and live your dreams, and get your first rental. Have a great 2022.